welcome to the Nerd Party. Time and Space, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Well, darling, it's time to say goodbye. Okay, bye. To companions. Oh, oh sorry, I totally misunderstood that. I was halfway out the door. Yes, uh, it's that time. It's becoming a recurring theme. We were, I think we are very fascinated with companion goodbyes. Yes, Yes, and these will be interesting ones. Right, well, we're going to be... And I'm sad about it. Yes, and we haven't actually seen it yet. We're just anticipating it. We're, of course, talking about uh, the announcement, the official announcement. It's been talked about for a little bit that the 13th Doctor will be losing two of her companions that will not join her in the next series with the departure of Bradley Walsh and Tosin Cole and their respective parts of... Graham and Ryan. So we'll be talking about those two characters and what it means to lose them for the 13th Doctor series. Um, and we'll also be talking about in our Inside the TARDIS library, our listening to David Tennant does a podcast with... Billy Piper! And some other guests that he's had on for his Season 2 podcast. Yes! So, but let's start at the beginning. So of course, the holiday season has begun, and we've the official trailer or teaser or whatever it is has dropped for the uh, festive special, as they kept insisting on calling it, which I always it was going to be a New Year's Day. But anyway, uh, Revolution of the Daleks. Yes, another Dalek episode. We've just watched a Dalek episode, baby. <laughs> we did, we did, with the Fourth Doctor. Well, what would you think of the trailer? Yeah, really interesting. Um. One of the biggest things that we learn, of course, is that this is a very companion-centric episode. Yeah. Uh, it looks, it appears that the Doctor is spending a considerable amount of her time locked up somewhere. Mm -hmm. In prison. So that will be very interesting. And, of course, the return of Captain Jack. Yes. I guess the re-return of Captain Jack. Re -re the re-re-re-re, yeah. Re -re, yeah. I saw something, I was like, oh, he's back for the first time. Like, he was in... Five episodes ago, but yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah. yeah, but just sort of vague. No, no, I know. I, and my complaint at the time was that it was too little of him. And of course, we were all like, he's going to come back, right? He's going to come back, right? And here he is. Yeah. He's back. Guess who's back? That's right. Back again. It works perfectly. A little bit of Backstreet Boys. Yeah, so anyway. And John uh, Barrowman would appreciate Backstreet Boys. I'm sure he would. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, um, you know, we've had, I like how they just changed a letter. We had last year resolution. I guess last year was just talk called resolution, but I think in everyone's mind it was resolution of the Daleks, mm. and now we have revolution. Whoa. How can we change one more letter next year? What else <laughs> could it possibly be? Um, Remolution. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's like playing crossword puzzles. <laughs> we got it wrong. It's not yeah. wrong All right. Well, let's get into it. So let's talk about. 
uh, Graham and Ryan. All right. So which one would you like to talk about first? Uh, let's go with Graham first. Okay. Graham O'Brien. Yep. Of course, played by Bradley Walsh, who you were very uh, hesitant about when first announced. I really, really was, and now I'm so sad to see him go. I've become the quintessential... Doctor, Doctor Who, Who fan, fan right. who, you know, anytime you get a new doctor, you're like, no, no, not my doctor, not my doctor. And then as they're on their way out, you're like, but what do I do? This was the doctor I loved the best. And that's just who I am now, apparently. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what you think about Graham's growth or... or just his character in and of itself, these past two series. Yeah, I, like I say, I really like the character. I like Bradley Walsh's portrayal of the character. Um, I think watching him work through grief and watching him work through his relationship with Ryan, I've enjoyed it. I've always wanted more of it, but I feel like that's the story we got the most of from mm-hmm. all the companions. And I thought it was interesting. We don't often get... And not that there has to be, I suppose, but we don't often get a sort of reason for traveling with the Doctor. Other than it's like, oh, oh, you get to travel in time and space. Who wouldn't say no? And maybe that's true. You know, the sense of adventure. That's usually adventure. But, I mean, his has sort of literally been, I mean, he's, he said it explicitly, I think, at some point. This is his mourning period. You know, what, is he, what am I going to do? Sit around the house and mope and see Grace and all the, you know, everywhere that I look, you know. So, for him, there was sort of a purpose to this. I mean, Yeah, and I think he's also gotten even through his grief he's also gotten this second chance at life Mm -hmm. by going into remission and so there's a combination of mourning the the dead but also celebrating his own life Mm -hmm. and i think that that plays a part into it as well yeah and certainly there's the relationship with ryan Mm -hmm. um which you know I, i i enjoy um, but I, I think he probably would have gone even if Ryan wasn't there. I mean, just as long as all the every, other factor was the same, you know? Yes. I mean, I think it was a good hook for him, but, you know, it just sort of was was more than already there was. was. Mm. Um, have we ever had, and maybe I'm hitting this early in the discussion, but have there ever been companions with ties to each other? I mean, obviously, Amy and Rory, I suppose. Right. Um, you go through all of Classic Who. Um, you know, obviously, I know you're not, not meaning Susan, of course. Um, no, no. But you mean companions. Two companions, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> as I go through every single companion that's ever existed in my entire head here. I mean, you um, also have Ricky Mickey, but he's sort of a half companion. Well, and I think the there haven't often been more than one companion. I mean, th- there has yeah, been. Let me fair, let yeah. me modify that statement. In recent decades, there has mm. not been more. You know, so first Doctor had a lot. Yep. Uh, second Doctor, as you've seen, usually has two. Yes. You know, it's usually Jamie and yeah. young lady. Um, you know, and then uh, the fifth Doctor, who we haven't gotten to, tends to be the first really crowded TARDIS. I mean, the first Doctor had it, too, but the first really crowded TARDIS. You know, I mean, Ian and Barbara were teachers together, but that's not what you mean, I know. Mm. You mean, like, some familial friend. But other than co-teachers... Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, presumably they were mates. I mean, they do end up leaving together together, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it's implied. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... As much as you could and whatever. Yeah, you get a little bit of TARDIS romance. Yeah, and then it, people are still going over the statement, which I don't take it this way, and... 
if I'm wrong, it's not that I have a problem with being it. I just don't take it that way that in the uh, Sarah Jane funeral special, there's the line about Nis and Tegan where a lot of people have interpreting that as them being a couple. I just, I didn't take it that way. I just like they're, they're always together. And so they're probably still together even as, you know, older ladies, but people took it that they're together, which is fine. I just, I just think it's okay. interesting to read that. <laughs> so yeah. People are like, Oh, I think people, pe- people want to ship things. Yeah. And, which is fine. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Um, but no, I think like I said, this is probably the stronger connection uh, absent your Amy and Rory of it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Bradley, or excuse me, Bradley, but Graham brought sort of an interesting perspective, you know, and you could characterize it better than I have, but his background, I mean, they're all, you know, uh, working class. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading the Christopher Eggleston book, so don't say that word. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, Sheffield, I was trying to remember where they were from. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if that's his character, I think it's from Essex. I don't, but anyway, but they all bring that sort of sensibility, but he brings that older sensibility of, that area and that background and mm. um which i and, and again i'm a you know american i don't know what i'm talking about here but uh, you know i think it's a different generation you know a little bit and, like it's not rough it's not there's no stereotype and of course the truth is that more than a stereotype but i mean he's very you know he, he brings a, i think a, a good perspective he's very good natured he's open for anything um, but also very grounded. Yeah, he wants a sandwich every now and then. Yep. <laughs> you, you grow up in the Thatcher years, man. <laughs> so, but, you know, bringing that sort of ex-bus driver. Man of the people. He's probably the most people person of the crew. Yeah. Including the doctor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, Ryan and Yaz are a bit young. And I don't think either of them are necessarily... Uh, Extroverts. In fact, I don't think that they're both probably slightly introverted, to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. um, with their own challenges. They have that sort of young, and I say this as like a 40-year-old now, they have that young thing of being mm-hmm. self-involved about their problems and challenges and worries. And, you know, uh, Graham's seen it all. Whatever. <laughs> let's just get on with it. Grab your bootstraps. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Um, but are there any particular moments or episodes of Graham that stick out? I'll, I'll start with one just while you're thinking. Um, I think an obvious one, it, and by obvious, I don't mean an obvious moment, but like an obvious moment that you think Graham would have. But I thought they handled it better than I thought perhaps they would. Because, you know, I really do like the 13th Doctor series, but I'm afraid I am starting to fall a bit into that. What is Chidmill doing? Um, but we're staying positive. But the, it was the Scandinavian one. Oh right, yeah. Where he there was the Grace double in the mm-hmm. opposite universe, the frog, yeah, yeah, in the Frogiverse, um, and you know that we've seen this in well, I've seen this in sci-fi or whatever. You know, there's the double, and are you tempted to stay? But I thought it was very like maturely handled, like he knew it wasn't her, but you know, it was also a version of her, and so like, well, are you tempted to stay? Are you, and of course, she said something against. You know Ryan, and that's when he's like, you know, shooting it. But I, I, I don't know the way he acted. It, I guess, is maybe what I'm talking about. Perhaps it was something very stereotypical scenario, but just the way he handled it, like he, you could tell he knew it wasn't her. But you know, he was still trying to figure out what was going on, and then it didn't take much for him to figure out. No, you're not. You know, that's not how you treat Ryan. Yeah, I'm gonna go more overarching. Um, and again, you know, one of my concerns coming into this was, first of all, we didn't need an old white guy. Um, we, we've had, we've had plenty. Um, but it was also concern about Bradley Walsh himself, who tends to be a rather broad character 
personally. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a game show host, and and that and that all comes with the territory. Um, and and so, I think my favorite thing about Graham has actually been Bradley Walsh's nuance. Um, you know, grief and. Um, this unstable relationship with his step-grandson and all of those things could have been played much broader, but I feel like he really kept it very low-key. It was always there, but it wasn't so big that it engulfed all of us. Yeah, he's really, and I don't mean this in a bad way, he's almost the background of the three companions. I mean, you know, almost literally when I visualize them, imagine Graham standing in the back. Standing back, yeah. But, but I mean, I think uh, he does it well. I mean, he's there when he needs to be. He's not when he doesn't need to be. I mean, I think it was sort of a very Goldilocks use of that character. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure others may have different opinions. I mean, we can talk about the Yaz of it all, but, uh, you know, yeah, who's never used. Yeah. Um, but so you could say, well, like, he's overused compared to her, but, you know, the, like the TARDIS or, you know, any prop that were used that more than Yaz is. Um, but well, anyway. and I think that his story out of the three of them mm-hmm. was the most fleshed out. Yeah. I think we know a lot more about Graham. That we then we know about either Ryan or Yaz, mm-hmm. um, and again that leads into my concern, um, which in that particular case is a little bit justified at least. Of really, the old white guy is the one we know the most about. That, that, <laughs> yes. You know, come on. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, I agree. You know, we know if you if you're looking at a hierarchy, we know most about Graham. And then Ryan, and then Yaz, I think, and uh, and of course that's been a frustration for us all the way through. But what he does with the material, I think, is is lovely to watch. And I mean, you know, I feel like we've talked about it before, so we can give it short shrift if you want. But the Ryan and Graham of it, you know, seeing that evolution, which I think it's it's mostly been on Ryan's side. I think you know Graham has been constant. Hey, I want to reach out. You know, I, I want to talk about Grace, if you want to talk about Grace. Um, but constant in a way that you would expect a parent to be. Right. Because I, I think, to me, the most of that relationship, you know, you, you know calling him grandpa or whatever. Um, but I, to me, I think the, the, the interesting, and I'm sure it's awkward, you know, not obviously ever been in that situation, of having to be assertive with a family member when you're a step relation Mm -hmm. and i'm talking about his dad uh ryan's dad of where graham has to i don't mean for lack of a better word step up to him about you know this isn't his son um uh you know it's and you know he's been spending time with you know uh ryan obviously and and whatever ownership he wants to uh proclaim that relationship to have but you know talking to Ryan's, I forget his name, but Ryan's dad, Mr. Sinclair, um, you know, very well done, I think. Because, mm. you know, it can be all, especially, I mean, you have the, to the extent you want to see the race issue, but then just the relational step issue, you know, you know, telling him how to be a dad, you know, all those things, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I think nuanced. It wasn't mm. a, you know, mm. bugger off. It wasn't a confrontational thing. Mm-hmm. And, and And the character really gets to take that he's very measured mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be sad. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Well, do you want to even engage in speculation of how he will leave? If they die, I'm going to be mad. You know, I I was saying, thinking to myself when we were, this topic came up, I think it's very, in my opinion, very easy for both of them, but, you know, we'll pick Graham for the moment, for them just, just to leave, to find something to hook onto on Earth. And live a life, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, whatever, something. Um, but, I'm uh, concerned his cancer's going to come back. I, that has always I, been my concern. That was my concern last year at the, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I'm not, but then I was, and again, I don't want to be this negative now, um, but I feel like I'm doing a discovery podcast here. Um, but, uh, hmm. you know, it's, it's, I don't trust Chibnall to do that. He likes killing people. He likes tragedy he He's likes going to chuck him off a cliff isn't you know he? i mean it's Damn just it. it's not anyway but i mean i don't i'm mean, look i just you know we always kill off or we kill companions or we do this sort of weird they they're dead but then they're puddles off of water the, or yeah. you know whatever and just like you could just martha it or something you know yeah. i'm i'm done I'm going off to do yeah. my own thing man yeah because again i i think and again without seeing what this special will do you know, if you were to accept the whole it's his morning period and he just something clicks, some event happens, morning over. I mean, he's not going to forget Grace is what I'm saying, but just <laughs> he's no, not going to meet some bird. <laughs> well, you, who knows? But um, but yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah, so. I'm worried they're going to bring his cancer back and that's why they both go. Uh, that's poops. I know. All right. Well, let's talk about Ryan then. We've talked a little bit about him. All right. What do you? What do you? What's your first and overall impressions of Mister Young Sinclair? Again, lots of interesting. You know, the dyspraxia story has gotten so much, um, so many kudos, I guess, uh-huh. which I think is great. Um, and again, dealt with very subtly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big thing. It came up every now and then. You know, he's got to climb a ladder, and that's tricky for him. Um, but it doesn't it, it is not his defining trait right. it is not something we deal with in every episode you know those sorts of things so i think that's been amazing um i love him i just think he's adorable <laughs> i want to give him snuggles <laughs> so uh yeah i don't want him to go either he's um not always but he's often the comic relief character which is not always a good thing. Um, but not necessarily in a slap dish, slap dash kind of way, right. you know, or slapstick. Slapstick was yeah. definitely the word I was going for, sorry. Um, you know, it's not a broad, oh, I've fallen down again because I've got dyspraxia, you know, which could have been a direction that they went with. He just tends to have a lighter perspective Mm -hmm. i think they well and it's all in how it's used because you know you you hate well i say that i was gonna say you hate any character be comic relief and that's not true of course um but you know he's a character which you would hope can have serious sides and have depths and not just be like go to joke something bad happens to ryan haha which i don't think they do that but i do think he's most often used for a light moment Mm. and not and it can go both ways something good something bad like for instance there's the the i think a memorable line of, of his time, you know, is like, you know, hold on, uh, Rosa Parks, I need to talk to Martin Luther King. He's like, oh, whoa. <laughs> you know, that's a cute little moment. Um, but then, like, you know, when uh, 
I forget even what happens. What does he get frozen or when they're on? It's the bad episode, though. Or <laughs> orphan twenty fifty five, whatever it is. Is he and the girl? Oh right. And they yeah. have like something. What do they? Do? Something with gum or oh, something yes. where they get frozen they or get. Something. Yeah. I yep, forget. Yep, yep. That's a, another mm-hmm. comic moment where something bad happens to Ryan. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's few and far, but I, I, often he's the go to for a light moment. Like, there's not many jokey ass lines or. I have a few jokey grandmas, but not really. So yeah. So I think he brings well, a certain spirit. He has that innocence, and not a naive, but he has, like you said, he also has that innocent face um, that often goes with that. And I think it is a little bit of naivete mm-hmm. in terms of this whole new world that they're exploring, mm-hmm. and he has more of a sense of wonder, mm-hmm. I think, than the other two do. Um, and again, for all of this, and I do, I don't want to see either one of them go. I just love them. But the TARDIS is crowded. Mm-hmm. And... Got to fit all those guest stars in there. Yeah. <laughs> and, I do, and I do sort of feel like, you know, there were choices that were made. And they could have been like, no, let's make this more TARDIS central. We've got four characters here. Let's work with them. Or we can chuck some out of the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. And I don't know necessarily that it's the right decision, but I hope it means that we'll get more in-depth from both the Doctor and Yaz. I mean, I don't even... There are a lot of ways in which I feel I don't know who Jodie's Doctor is Mm -hmm. yet. Um, Because of the combination of... The TARDIS is too crowded, and they keep bringing in all these guest stars. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know. I mean, they are definitively bringing in a guest star for this one. <laughs> That's right. So, I don't know what that. You know, is this going to be completely Jack centric? Which, don't get me wrong, I love me some Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. But, and then it goes to what you were saying earlier, and. I don't think it's a bad thing. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, let me finish the thought. The bad thing is, is it a bad thing if the doctor is not really in the episode? Mm. Um, you know, if she's stuck in jail or just, or that just has her jail storyline. Meanwhile, the companions have their companion, which they've done before with the series. You know, um, uh, Yaz and Ryan doing Secret Agent um, mm. in Spyfall um, and other stuff, too. The I can't name, remember the name of the episode where, like, everyone was on a different part of Earth. You know, and that was, you know, too much a little bit. But but it was, you know, a concept that, you know, they all can handle their own adventures. And so they, they're all, at this point in, in our the story, everyone's pretty capable of doing everything. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. You know, you know. But then do you want a, a more combined adventure? I mean, Doctor Who's always been split the party. Doctor has a story companion to yeah, the story. Yeah, and... and- depending on and and maybe here's the problem is that i don't trust the writing yet yeah Uh, and i hate to say that but yeah uh so it could be that they're putting doctor in the corner so that they can focus on the companions and and give ryan and graham the exit they deserve hopefully and hopefully not death and then drawing yaz more out Mm -hmm. and I love the idea of seeing Yaz and Captain Jack because she's not having it and he's totally trying to have it, um, which I just love. Well, that'd be the first woman not to be interested in Jack at all. 
Yeah, I yeah. Think, I don't see her, you know, yeah. I can see him being all sorts of flirty and her being like, no, yeah. no. I think more so of an age thing now that I think about it. I was like, she's a little young for you, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. A little old for you, it's, yes. It's, it's, it's Jack. <laughs> yeah. It's Jack. Um, so if it's done well... Mm-hmm. Then next season we've got the Doctor and Yaz, and we can learn all sorts of things yeah. about both of them. Hooray! I don't know that I trust the writing yeah. to do that. Yeah, and the um, you know, look, obviously I don't have a problem and think they should do it, but then it's like, what? Two women? That's it? Where's the man in this? You know, so I would like all of our listeners to note that I am just blinking <laughs> owlishly well, at my husband. I don't know enough about British drama that. They use, do they, you know, how many have two women? I mean, I hope they do, but you know what I'm saying? Absolutely fabulous. I mean, okay. I did say drama, didn't I? Off the top of my head. Didn't I say I drama? Know. I don't know. I, I stopped listening ages ago. <laughs> but I would just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, BBC is very progressive now, but I could just like, well. Two, two women? I don't understand. Yeah. You know, and we don't know whether they're going to include it in any new companions next series. We yeah, don't know. I hope not. I hope not, too. I mean, I think Yaz is good, what we've seen from her, and hope to learn more. And as you said, the Doctor. Uh. And neither of them are. I mean, the thing is that Ryan has been our stereotypical companion. In some ways, yeah. He's, he, you know, he doesn't scream. Well, he does a little bit sometimes. Um, yes, but but yes. he is our metaphorical screamer. Yes. He's the one who gets into the little bit of trouble. Yes. You know, if somebody's going to get into trouble, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to be Ryan. Yeah. If somebody's going to need some sort of rescuing, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to be Ryan. Right. If Yaz gets in trouble, she's going to get herself out of it. <laughs> um, she's usually with the doctor anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that that lends itself to having two women in the TARDIS without it, you know, wondering, without people wondering where the man is. Right. And unfortunately, Harry has passed away. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be able to, to bring him in to be our <laughs> masculine role until we realize we don't need one. Um, well, anything else about Ryan? You know, we got to see sort of his, we thought it talked about sort of his dad when we talked about Graham, but mm-hmm. sort of says he has family situation, you know, losing his mother and then in effect losing his father and then losing his grandmother. And then, but I don't know, he, he, I think did it well. I mean, character wise, you know, ups and downs, but I think, you know, even, and, and it's a generational thing because I don't pretend to know his generation, but uh, you know, um, that he handled it well, mm-hmm. as, you know, it wasn't, wasn't like an angry young man, like, you know, it might be a stereotype or something, but you know, he was very reflexive, mature and handled it as, you know, and then got drawn out a little bit eventually by Graham and the doctor and Yaz and, you know, had a, a peer with Yaz to talk to. Yeah. So. But also had that parental stability in the old white guy, which, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter how problematic that mm-hmm. stereotype potentially could be. The stere- the the steadfastness of a parental figure, I think, has helped keep Ryan steady in a lot of ways, and I think that's been a positive thing. And you were talking about him as a stereotypical companion. I, I mean, I'd say this seriously. I could, I would accept him doing the stereotypical companion exit and meeting someone. 
Ah. Because, you know, he's not had any romances. I mean, you know. Well, he I, met that girl on the Weird Orphan Yeah, planet. and that turned out weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, he's a, uh, you know. I, he I think... definitely had a man crush on Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't think Yaz really has had a romance either, I guess, I suppose, if we're going to be equal about all things here. But, um, but yeah, I feel like Ryan could meet someone and that could be his, you know, I'm going to figure out what goes on here now. Yeah. You know. While my step grandpa goes through cancer treatments yeah, there again. You go. I mean, you know, you know, for all we know, Ryan had a girlfriend the whole time, just like he always had a basketball best friend the whole time. <laughs> yeah. The whole time. The whole time, baby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's married, has four children. <laughs> Which is the whole time. It's just never come up. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Oh. Now he's like Hawkeye. <laughs> We're gonna go to the the you know whatever the Roseverse where we meet the alternate Ryan. Yeah. yeah. I think at some point we really do need to do a Doctor Who Avengers crossover. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. It's uh, the special is going to be seventy minutes. I saw. Um, okay. So it'll be interesting. And yeah, you know, like I said, you know, Dalek. So. I'm I'm doing hands in frustration there. Yeah, um, yeah, not my first choice, but we'll see. I how mean, it you rolls. know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I haven't watched it in a hot second, but I thought resolution was good. Of course, it's just one Dalek, um, but I thought they handled that well. So. Yeah, just like it'll be more than one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. wonder if they'll be colorful like Matt Smith's Daleks. <laughs> well, we've, we've seen them a little bit. I don't know if you paid. They were on the cover of something, Radio <laughs> Times or something. And they look a little bit, I don't know if you remember, the Resolution Daleks, where it's a little more, it's not that smooth. It's a little stockier there. You okay. Know? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah. Not we'll the see. really short guys that have to Pedal. crawl around on their knees. <laughs> um, <laughs> These are things we learn when we watch Classic Who, yo. <laughs> All right. Well, any final thoughts before we eventually see the exit of Graham and Ryan, other than we hope that they don't die? I just hope it's good. Yeah. I just hope it's good. They are such, both of them are such brilliant actors, both of whom have been underused. I hope it's good. Tosin's going on to something, isn't he? I I was trying to Google before we started this, because I thought I saw you had some, I remember a few months ago, now... Maybe things have, the production world has changed. But he had some American thing that he was starring in. Yeah, I was thinking there was some sort of gig that presumably he was heading off towards. But, and then of course, I guess uh, Bradley's going to keep on doing his chase. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But anyway. Which fingers crossed Richard will go on. (laughs) We need to follow that up and see if he's gotten on it. Richard, let us know. All right, well, with that, let's go into the TARDIS library. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. When you close your eyes. I go to the library. Go to the library now. And now we're going to talk about the podcast we've been listening to for, I guess, a few more than one years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's uh, David Tennant does a podcast with. Yes. Um, So, yeah, David Tennant has a podcast, for those who don't know. I'm sure you all do. I hope so, because if if not, you're missing out. It's just delightful. Yeah, it's just basically an interview chat um, with mostly people he knows, but I'm sure we've listened to a few people that I think he's 
not the more f- most familiar with. Eh, probably that's not true. Because I, yeah. I was trying to think of, um, I'm blanking on her name, from Jessica Jones. But, of course, they worked in Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um, so that was stupid of me. But anyway, so, but, you know, and, well, like Stacey Abrams. You know, yeah. Know Jennifer Stacey Garner. Ab- yeah. Was a strange one. Yeah. And so I, I haven't, we, or we haven't listened to all the episodes because, you know, some people I find more interesting than others. Um, hey, I might want to listen to some of those. <laughs> Who are we missing? Uh, I don't have to look them up. But the okay. ones we've listened to in a season two um, include, in no particular order, Stacey Abrams. Um, well, I suppose I'll provide context for people who don't know. Stacey Abrams, who's um, uh, from Amer- Georgia, here in the United States, very active political worker. Um, Judy Dench, of course. Billy Piper. Neil Gaiman, and then Tim Minchin. Hmm. So any particular interviews or... yeah? Generally, what do you think of David's style as a interviewer, podcast host, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, no, I like it. It feels very laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just a couple of people chatting for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, David sort of leads the discussion a bit at times, but then he also gives some of his own stuff. So... Yeah, it feels a little bit like a give and take and feels like he works hard to make everybody comfortable. I think there are times, I think his interview style is a bit new and and that, like, sometimes I'll ask questions. I'm like, well, that's obvious. Don't ask him that. <laughs> like, you know, stuff that, not that it's rude, though sometimes, but I assume he knows the person, so it's fine. You know, it'd be like, uh, I can't even think of an example. You know, it'd be like... You know, oh, it must have been hard growing up, or he must have had, you know, it was like, don't ask that. I'm sure they've been asked that. I'm like, you know, but I'm sure he knows them, so it's not going to be awkward. Yeah. Or it's awkward, and they just answer anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, any particular the guests that you were surprised or not surprised or? Um, I was surprised by Tim Minchin. Again, because it seems like he knows people, mm-hmm. you sort of play the six degrees of separation. You know, <laughs> how does David Tennant know this person? Um, and I don't have a clue how he knows Stacey Abrams, but I also <laughs> don't have a clue how he knows Tim Minchin. Um, just yeah, Neil Gaiman, I got. I think in a, Billy Piper, I know. I, I and I don't know. I'm just saying this off the top of my head. I think it's a bit of fan, you know, like uh, he's a fan of Stacey Abrams, and Stacey Abrams is a huge nerd, so she's definitely a fan of yeah. him. So I mean, you know, it's sort of that like I'm a, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I'm a star. Who would I want to talk to? You know, and so David's like, you know, I love to talk to Stacey Abrams, you know, and, and so though. And turns out she loves <laughs> to talk to him, yes. so it works yeah. out, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, for folks who don't know, Stacey Abrams is a huge nerd, big Star Trek huge fan, nerd. big Doctor Who fan. Yeah, she it's she has some opinions about Buffy I don't agree with, um, but you know, she's she's a huge nerd. Um, yeah, I thought. Well, I'm also interested. Sorry, in the choice of Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. for a British show. That's true. That's true. I mean, you know, certainly the American election. Obviously, it's been very uh, worldwide attention, but, you know, Brit- Britain as well. So I, I guess that was probably, as I think of it, probably his one way. One thing we didn't listen to, I think he did do a bit with Gordon Brown. Or two, I, that was no, last, we listened to Gordon last Brown season, last year. he did a bit year, with, yeah. I don't know if he interviewed Blair, but there was a bit of this season. All right. With, I don't know if it was Blair and a rock or something, but, it was a little, you know, I mean, judging from the title, it seemed a bit serious. Well, I'd like um, to listen to yeah, that one. Why, so. do you, why do you hide these things from me, baby? <laughs> to keep you interested. Um, uh, yeah, no, obviously the American election has, has been worldwide news, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much of Stacey Abrams' 
Maybe someone says she's a Doctor Who fan or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, if if you are not in depth into politics, like I imagine there's a lot of Americans <laughs> who don't, who know don't have a clue who Stacey Abrams right. is. And they're the less for it. Uh, they are definitely the less for it. Um, and and, <laughs> and, if they did. And, and it's a little shocking because her <laughs> work has been so amazing. Um, but... If there are that many Americans who don't know who they who she is, yeah, it's an interesting choice. It is a choice <laughs> that I'm so glad he made, and I loved listening to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily understand it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like Tim mentioned, who you know better than I do, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was interesting. I've seen him twice in concert. Yeah. So did that mean a lot? Hearing some of the background of how he. Yeah, actually, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I just always like listening to Tim Minchin talk. Mm-hmm. I just I find his voice astonishingly soothing, mm-hmm. considering the Australian accent doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> I was about for to say the, the unspoken foreign Australian. I was like, yeah, Jessica, come no, on. but yeah, no, an Australian accent is not normally something that I go. Mm, I want to listen to more of this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find his voice very soothing. There's something quite broad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, something about his inflections and yeah, that I find very soothing. Yeah, I thought he, he was very interesting as from a uh, creative and artistic standpoint, just hearing too. Because, you know, sometimes, and, you know, when I'm reading about playwright stuff or listening to it, it can, you know, I, I, I have the, the, uh, awareness that some of this can be sound frou-frou-y the way people are talking about yes. artistry. Yeah. But, you know, there is, if you're in the thing, business, I think you can separate, I say business, but anyway, if you're in the field or if you're in the, the whatever, artistry, um, you can kind of filter what does sound frou-frou-y and what does sound, you know, what where people come from. And so I thought Tim was very interesting because he talks about his, uh, journey is the wrong word, but anyway, his approach is... He would hate that word, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, his experiences and yeah. the way he approaches things and songs and music and, and you know. Yeah, and I think it, I 100% agree with you about the frou-frou-y, you know, sometimes listening to actors talk about acting can be really interesting and then other times it just feels really self-indulgent mm-hmm. and I just get – and in fact, I felt that way a little bit about Billy Piper. Mm-hmm. Like it started and I was really hooked on this story and then it just started to feel a little bit self-indulgent. Yeah, and I, you know and I, you know more about her than I do, but just like the whole talking about her pop background – and I didn't realize she was that young, but of course, like maybe I did, fifteen. Um, and you know what that did to her in good ways and bad. And then, uh, I, the, I, and I don't, I don't because I don't know that much about her, but I didn't know what her years with her ex husband, ex husband, Chris Evans, Chris Evans. Like I didn't know how she. I don't know anything about that. All I know is yeah. what I've heard the press about Chris lately, which has not been great. Mm. Um, but uh, it, traditionally, he's yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know how she felt. Like, what was that experience? Whether it was mm. like we divorce and it's terrible, and I don't talk about it anymore or whatever. But she's like, yeah, no, I learned a lot. It was great. <laughs> we had fun. We yeah. went all over the place. I mean, I really and learned drank a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Sounds yeah. like it was. And I'm hand quoting good for her after the pop career was over. Yes. As a way to sort of do her uni years without going to university. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And having somebody there, 
you know, so she's not spiraling on her own, Mm -hmm. which I think is uh, a lot of times something that particularly people who start in the business very young end up doing. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, but yeah. I I think the thing with Billy, and I mean, and I'm going to say this and it's going to sound terrible. The thing that I don't get with Billy, and I mean this in a, I don't relate to her. She's very about her children, which obviously, right? What am I saying? You shouldn't be. But like, I I don't have children. And so that's really means like, that's the center of her universe, which it is, I'm sure, for many people's children. But like, that's like her everything. Like half of what she was talking about is her role as a parent, what she's been in a parent, what her children do for, you know, like, okay, I mean, good for you. That doesn't, you know, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's not like Philip H. children, but like, you know, that's kind of like, you know, someone's going to talk about their children for like. 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, that's great. <laughs> yeah, and I, I am, am going to join you in the pits of hell yeah. um, by agreeing. And again, you know, that is, as you say, that is not something that we relate to mm-hmm. as people who have chosen not to have children. Um, and so it's perplexing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not a, I mean, you know, if if you can relate, you can. If you can't, you can't. You can. It's just like any other yeah. person or thing, so. Yeah. And to me, that stuff didn't bother me quite as much as, it just, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and I felt that way about um, Jessica Jones. Uh, Kristen. Kirst- Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's an odd duck. We'll say that. She is an odd duck. <laughs> and it just felt, it, it felt just Self-indulgent. Well, I also felt not self-indulgent, but... Uh, and I know they met through um, Good Omens. Um, Neil Gaiman? No. Oh, uh, he's oh actually, Michael Shane. No. Oh, he's, now I, I'm done. I'm I know, out. he's doing the whole cast um, from Mad Men. Oh, John Hamm. John yeah. Hamm. Yeah, he's, an, he's, a, he's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a guy. Yeah, he, he has opinions about stuff. Whatever, you know, but it's just... okay. I've forgotten about John Hamm, but yeah. yeah. So, and and maybe it just depends on the mood I'm in. Yeah. As to whether or not I want to listen to, like, I could listen to Lin Manuel talk about his process for mm-hmm. ages. Right. I could just sit, but Tom Hiddleston, whom I absolutely adore, I sometimes get tired of listening to him talk about his method. Well, I is well. This is going to be a broad statement. Is it is it more I base versus you know, influence based. Like, in other words, I feel like Lynn. No, uh, yeah, David, talk to Lynn. Um, but like, Lynn, <laughs> Lynn doesn't talk about himself. I mean, you talk about the business. You talk about you talk about R and B. You talk about rap. You talk about Broadway. You talk about his parents. Yeah. You talk about Puerto Rico. You talk about his neighborhood. You want to be like, this is what I. Well, you, know, you might talk about how he writes and how. He, but but he talk about working with his cabinet. You know, it's not very I, I, me. I think you know, me, me, me. And all that. Well, and sometimes it tends to be. It, it just feels more grounded, like talking about, um, what was it, wait for it, that he was like, I was on the train yeah. to a friend's birthday party, mm. and so, and I got this inspiration, and I just had to record it on my phone, and then go to this party for a little <laughs> while, um, and that just feel, as opposed to, oh, well, I've studied for many, many years, <laughs> and, you know... Stanislavski states in his, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. Actors, we've read Stanislavski. Whoop, 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 you know. Well, one thing I do enjoy, and I think I'm a sucker for this for almost any field, because, yeah, we're going to talk about acting here in a second, but, like, there's a 
I won't go into it, but there's like a talk radio podcast I listen to that are these radio guys. They're former radio guys. Talk, you know, like FM radio DJs. Um, and I like them when they talk about like their old radio days of like getting fired and like it's just like an interesting experience of like the 80s and 90s. But anyway, talking about acting, like Judy Dench talking about growing, you know, growing up, but you know, her theater experience and different things. Cause I, you know, and I don't know the woman obviously, but she seemed very regular about it all. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, I know everyone puts her up on a pedestal and, and perhaps rightly so, but she seems at least in this interview very down to earth and very plain spoken and this is my job and I had this job and then I had this job and then this is this experience and you know I'm a jobbing actor you know whatever and, yeah. yeah and I think that was I think Tim Minchin was sort of the same way I'm a jobbing musician mm-hmm. um, I have done amazing things but this is my job this is the, the this is this is what I do and if I were writing commercial jingles I would be the same jobbing musician um because the same thing he had uh, Ian McKellen on for the first season. That's sort of the same. They're just tales of the old theater days. I think. Was yeah, these are and 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 maybe that's part of my bias mm-hmm. is that um, I have more admiration for those who are like, yeah, no theater. <laughs> well, <laughs> put me on a stage, and yeah, I do films, and they make me money. But. See, I think I'm, I'll, I'll call you out here. I think that's maybe your your was your biggest turnoff about Billy Piper, who's not done theater, which whatever, each their own, it doesn't matter. But she's her her attitude is like, oh, theater, this is crazy, strange place, and you're like, okay. I have to do eight shows a week, yeah. And you may be absolutely right that that you're could a theater be. Snob. I am a little bit of a theater snob, yeah. <laughs> and do not get me wrong, if somebody offered me a film role for a lot of money, I'd absolutely sell my soul for it. But my heart belongs to the boards, yo, and the bard, yo. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I will. And so, you know, one of, of course, the interesting things with, with David, of course, is that he has his who guest stars on, you know, he's had on Catherine, he's mm-hmm. had on Billy, I, you, know, it'd be, you know, I would love to hear him have Russell T. Davies on there, I don't know. Mm. Um, well, and Neil Gaiman. That's true, that's true, Doctor Who writer, um, mm. but yeah. yeah be, so it's sort And of, they talked about that a bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and talked about working with what, Stephen Moffat, was that? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I like... I enjoy, and they completely skipped over all of the the scandal that Neil Gaiman is currently going through. Oh, with his divorce, personal life, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but it's also very interesting. Of course, you get to you know if you're into that, you through these interviews, you'll get to hear a little bit about David's family and going Mm -hmm. ons, and his you know his oldest is getting into acting and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he and his wife will do all the adverts, so. Yep. Very uh, homemade production. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't like that when couples do stuff, though. No. It's very, it's I don't annoying. understand. Yeah. Again, it's when it's like having children. Yeah, it's grating. Um, no one wants to hear two couples, couples that talk, get together yeah. and talk to each other. and Especially in a Doctor Who context. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy and Rory were stupid. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Um, until next time, we are counting down, of course, till the new year for many reasons. Oh, but also, so many reasons. But for a new Doctor Who, of course. But until next time, enjoy the Doctor's many adventures throughout time, time and, and space. space.
this is BBC Television.